Roll it. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the place for church, tech, creativity, and all things awesome. It's time for Church Tech. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Here, here along with Jeremy Smith and Blessing Bofu. Yes, the gang is all here, having a good time on this podcast. Hey, um, on the back channel, we were recently um, discussing blogs and... Uh, and not just necessarily how it relates to blogging in general and how that's changed, but also how it relates to churches. And specifically, the article that I had read was about businesses using blogs and how how a lot of that's changed. There was a time where it was like blog, 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 blog every day, um, and now it kind of rolled back to don't blog every day quite so often, kind of a quality over quantity. And, you know, some of this has to do with the the surf <laughs> when it comes to Google, like high tide, low tide, I guess I'm trying to make a surf reference, even though I've never surfed in my life. So probably a total fail, fail there. Wipe out. Okay. So, um, what, uh, what has happened is we kind of hit a, I don't, know, I don't know, maybe too much information situation as well as the fact that Google's search algorithms and whatnot has, has become a lot, a lot, a lot better. And th- there were this con- blocking concept was centered around pillars and there's a lot of different ways that you can you can call it. it has a lot of different names pillars um you might call it your keywords etc and and the idea was to craft several uh key blog posts and they could even be pages they wouldn't even necessarily have to be blog posts and then you can you can create some content that support that and center and center around that but the bottom line or the big takeaway from from this article that I read, as far as you know, rethinking blog content was really about quality over quantity and and providing content that appealed to your readers. So it wasn't about you know blasting a million posts about what a particular topic, but really crafting something enriched, um, that sort of thing. And I thought, you know, that is that resonated so much with me, not only from kind of the Google SEO and understanding some of those basics and how it's changed, but even as a content creator and content consumer and, and what I've experienced over the years, it really resonated with me and it made a lot of sense. And I thought, you know, that's what church ministry and, you know, nonprofit orgs, that's how they need to be thinking about their content. Um either moving here forward or even looking at their old blog and maybe reshaping and reshifting it. And even, you know, thinking about church mag and where we're at, like what would be the best, right, for the reader. And in some ways, that's a great thing. Um, it's not so easy just to, to peel off a bunch of blog posts and through brute force and ignorance have a successful blog, but to have to actually produce great content, crafted content, Quant, uh, quality over quantity. Everybody wins. So there's a little bit of a synopsis of kind of what I shared with the guys. And uh, yeah, want to share it with you and see Jeremy Blessing kind of some of your thoughts of about that kind of shift and change of what's being touted as blogging in 2019. It did seem a little silly that it, that comment is coming from Church Mag that literally their primary thing is blogging. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. And yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about how the, I mean, the article that you're referring to was actually written on a blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and, <laughs> and what's interesting is that 
like at first blush, your reaction is to think, well, are they against blogging? Do they not promote blogging? No, not at all. They're not against it at all. They're actually what they're what they're challenging is us rethinking of how we use blogs. Right. Um, That's the big takeaway. They are for blogging. Therefore, blogging better. I don't. You know, instead of harder. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that 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 part. Like, uh, but at the same time, I still felt like it was, it was the and, the undertone of uh, you know the old uh, not the old but this thing. You know, is blogging dead? And that's kind of like the undertone that I kind of kept picking up. I don't know if it's because you know the above the line it was. Uh, you know, that's kind of like the first reaction you have, you know, like, well, and, and that's a good, and that's a good thing to say or to think about as an observation blessing, because I, perhaps it was an undertone because I can tell you that blogging might not be dead, but it certainly is not what it used to be. The golden age of blogging is, has been over. It is over. Um, it is it is a new age in that sense. I will say that I think that in the general context of the way Church Mag does it is that as opposed to everybody else is we are blogging for the sake of trying to put out good contents, whereas a church, a business, those type of organizations have a very specific reason for the blog, right? Their goal is content marketing for the sake of selling their product or service. And so you're full of ads. I mean, look at church leader. That is church leaders is the epitome of that's where it's so hard to navigate. It's a little bit slimy. Mm -hmm. Um, And just in general, it's hard to really feel like there's a quality as far as contents there. Yeah. And I I think, I I guess another takeaway I had from this particular article talking about, uh, about, about these concepts is it encouraged. It was encouraging to me for somebody who's thought about church blogging for a very long time. I remember the first time that I wrote wrote about church blogs. It was basically something to the effect of churches should have blogs and all the benefits of why they should have blogs. Blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in hindsight, I, I can and and re- reflecting on it over several years, I think, gosh, you know, talk about a lot of pressure to put on churches. Like, what the heck are they supposed to blog about, right? Um, and how it would be far better to to craft it around uh, a few different pillars that are representative of your church, whether it be doctrine or style of worship. I, I don't know. What, whatever you see as your pillars or centerpieces, the things that you want to focus on, figuring that out and, and having that blog post once a week or once a month or every so often. But over time, it builds and it does create um, arrows from Google, so to speak, that point to your church from your area, whatever, you know, whatever your strategy is for that. But it is a quality content uh, strategy, not just blasting the Internet. There are two things there, Eric, um, that I think about from what you just said. The first is, uh, is that, I mean, we come back to this thing again. I feel like we have this conversation all the time, but I think it's good to keep having, uh, you know, the idea of are you writing for Google or are you writing for people? And and often, especially uh, in the church context, and that's the other thing, that uh, it's, it's not about how many people you've reached. I think it's more about how many of the right people you've reached. Well, see, that, that's some of the irony, though, Blessing, is that Google is beginning 
you know, every day becomes closer and closer to measuring, quantifying and crawling the web more like a real human. So th- this idea, and, and I have thought this, whether I've said it out loud or just felt it inside, um, and you guys can testify to it as back when I used to edit posts and stuff like that, this idea of Google and writing for Google and keywords and stuff like that is something that I have never promoted because deep down, I'm just like, is this something that somebody would like to read? Like that is the only, that is the only, or that is, that is the big measurement for me is, is that, um, I, and interestingly enough, in the end, that may be what wins the web because, People know, or Google knows, they get played. That the system is manipulated, and, and that's why these things yeah. are always changing, right, Jeremy? <laughs> well, and I'll be honest. I think that whenever money became something that they could do, that's when blogging became very powerful. So we did fine when that wasn't the case, but we're going to probably lose a lot of competition and a lot of resources that. Um, helped us be who we are today and we have to embrace that it has me thinking about old content like do we go in and prune it i'm I'm not sure the best best strategy is as far as that goes but i do know moving forward that you know that that is something to keep in mind for the current editor to keep in mind (laughs) um i just recently she uh ali said something about not uh having a post for a day or something like that and i'm like well you know (laughs) That's okay. Hmm. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's definitely quite a shift. Um, I can't imagine churches or, you know, or even just nonprofits having to feel the pressure of a post a day. Yeah. I mean, that's just, right. That's just, there was a time though. I mean, I, I know it's, it's not, it doesn't make yeah. sense in, in hindsight, in hindsight, yeah, it sounds it so does. stupid, doesn't it? But imagine this, imagine uh-huh. this blessing. I, imagine, you're a church and you're in an area. What are some things that you could blog about that would be interesting and that would also be helpful? Um, you could do a roundup post on um, soup kitchens. You could do a roundup for any welfare uh, kind of organizations. Um, uh, a list of nonprofits that one should consider donating to. Um, some real evergreen posts that are helpful for the local community. Right, so it's it's serving multiple purposes. It's not just promoting your church; it's promoting and helping those in the area. Um, from a strategic content point of view, when those things are searched on Google, your church comes up. Right, you're getting traffic. People, oh, you know, what is this church? Oh, this church is interested in this thing, and and, and that's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want churches to be like, hey, Eric, that's a good idea. That's what we should do to get people to visit our website and our traffic, so they'll come attend. That's not the end goal. My point is, is that if you can use your your church blog for good in your community, good in the world, to make a positive difference in the community that you're serving. And because of the evolution of Google, it's probably going to help your web traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's that credibility that's being built over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's something we and, preach from the very beginning is, is the general credibility is so much more important than the SEO hacks, right? I, I must admit, though, that, um, I mean, reading that, that uh, the article that we, one of the things that did come to mind was, Maybe, maybe this guy is, maybe this person is actually right. Maybe we sh- should stop creating for a blog and actually just focus on creating like Instagram stories and, um, 
<laughs> At some point, it felt convincing. Yeah, well, but that's just it, is that so much of the media that we create, digital media, I mean, it's so here today, gone tomorrow. Um, we were looking at an old family blog of ours that's private, and we're kind of trying to figure out what the heck to do with it, because it takes up a lot of space on my server. Publish it. No. Publish it. <laughs> it's private <laughs> for a reason, right? Um and it's like, what, what do we do with this? Like, this is a scrapbook. This is, this is history. There's words. There's pictures. There's memories. But what do we do with it, right? Like, uh, how do we hold it? It's like water in your hands. And that's, that's, that's a WordPress blog that I have full content control over, right? When you get into social media and, and some of these other platforms, you have, you have, you, you have nothing. It's, it's, it's really made to create and consume all within a relatively short period of time. I mean, we even see that in... And to forget about. Yeah. E- even music works that way. Video game sales work that way. The 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 um, the ignition point, the, the catalyst for popularity, going viral, and recovering income or capturing new followers or spreading information, that the window of opportunity has has narrowed greatly. Um, so if you're making that your goal, you know, be prepared to <laughs> miss that window a lot. <laughs> I would even say that I don't, I would say blessing your, which medium should we be creating for is the wrong question. I think it's, are you creating the best quality content you can regardless of the medium? Um, because ultimately, ultimately you're yeah. going to be able to figure out how to do video editing or Instagram stories, but, um, mm-hmm. the actual content you create and how you create it, um, is really key. I'm reading, I'm reading through uh, creativity Inc, which is, uh, the creative guide of the people that created Pixar. And one of the things that they found is the actual content that they made, how they made it kind of thing did not matter. It was the storytelling that they did. That was the most important thing Um, because their, their very first video that they did in animation, which was a short film, they did not give themselves enough time to be able to render the video. And yet when they actually did um, show it, it was incomplete, Um, but it was a working project because the people missed what was um, being displayed because they were so entranced in the story itself. So there was wireframes still exposed. The background actually was black and white at one point where the um, characters themselves were fully rendered. It was just the background for like a very short period of time. And people completely missed that because the storytelling was so engaging because Pixar did what they knew how to do best. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And in the messaging you have, that, that's really what what it's at. Like your the, your example is beautiful. That's absolutely how it is. To translate it, for instance, for blogging, you know your wireframes and all that. That's that's just really your medium, right? The the content that you're creating that's the story, right? Um, and and that, that's why you hear <laughs> you, you you meet or you hear some people that have become popular on YouTube or published a book or whatever. And oftentimes um, I have found in looking looking at kind of behind the scenes of a few different people, there, there's a few consistencies. One, uh, a lot of times they have some sort of education and or experience that gave them a trajectory for it to happen. Right. So person has experience and training in the area so it's not like 
a happy accident, right? They actually had history in that. The other thing that I've noticed in with several different successful um, uh, content creators is that they did other things first. It's just this one caught on, right? So even even they're they're telling a different story. It wasn't that they're you know maybe it didn't catch catch wind before because the story wasn't compelling but they were practicing the mediums so they were getting better at their craft and then they finally told a story that really grabbed people or um they uh uh what was i trying to say or they they came across a story that people found interesting maybe their craft was actually very similar each time but they finally told a story that got people's attention um so in any event that's why I see over and over. And just, just to point back to your original point, Jeremy, and that is it's the story that matters, not the medium. And that's one thing that we have done. We've had a hard time at Church Mag is we're always afraid to talk about something over again. And maybe that's been, maybe that's the problem. Maybe we should have, <laughs> we should have taken the few things that really got traction and uh, just hammered those to death. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I think there's something that I like about, uh, and, and I think it's actually important to 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 revisit some of these things because things keep changing um you know uh things change and, and then and the other thing about absolutely it blessing. is second i said absolutely yeah they're, they're changing yeah <laughs> the times they are changing and, 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 um, <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing about that is that uh sometimes even our thinking changes um our thinking evolves over time which even makes a better sense. I mean, it's one of the things I love about blogging is that um, you can sort of document the, the the evolution of your of your thinking, if I can even put it that way. Uh, I, I, I recently had a conversation blessing with someone who they, they would always advertise in this printed publication. And they found out that this year they weren't going to be able to have their ad printed in this publication. Uh, they were informed that this publication was going to be all online as a resource. It's a resource brought together every year, and now people can go on to it, and they can search it, and they can sort it, and they can look for what they're looking for, and there's links. And he's, he says he says it costs at least double the cost, and it's only like two inches by three inches on the screen. Like he, he was thinking of the screen real estate like a print <laughs> ad, and Which I just so was different. like – I was like, this This is not, like, you're talking about such a targeted audience. These people are intentionally going here, yeah. and they're looking and, and they're scale. searching. And, and scale, yeah. And, of course, it's cost more money. Like, this this place, I, I know, knowing what web development costs are, this tool that they've created and they're, they're plugging in, like, that was not overpriced at all, you know. And it just, I, that really struck me today, blessing, when you're talking about, you know, things changing. You know, I was like, gosh, you know, like, the medium and, and how you get the word out, like, all that's changed. You know, and you got to be able to you got to be able to keep up with that. Um, and it isn't just about like keeping up or being cool or being on the cutting edge. It doesn't really have to do with any of that. It really just has to do with identifying how human other humans are communicating and and using that same medium to communicate to other humans. That's that's really all it is. That the revolution does not need to be televised. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely so, so yeah. some of this really makes me step back and think like you know 
where you know where's where's church mag where is it at where is it going i don't know we'll see we'll see Mm. yeah and maybe you have a good point there blessing about kind of figuring out what those few things are and uh you know keep having you you said some of these things keep coming up Mm. so maybe that's a clue Mm. yeah i don't know what do you think jeremy yeah i would say that in the end whatever we decide to do i think it's probably going to be the right decision um I'm not necessarily worried about what happens next because we have so many good options for ourselves. Right. I think that mm-hmm. us just being intentional is really what's going to change everything for us. That's that's the best thing. Don't don't you think that that's really what the the church needs as well in in these decisions? I feel like so so or I feel like too many decisions are based on the ROI, mm. right? And the ROI, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are we really making the best choices? Are we are we using are we using the wrong bottom line in the balance book when when we when we spend our resources? I would, yes, but then I also think at the same time they don't think about it enough. Right? No, th- that's probably why we're not getting too often. We're we're getting the wrong answers because we're not going over the numbers close enough. I think from a standpoint mm-hmm. of why they do it, they think too much about the ROI. I think about how mm-hmm. they do it, they don't think about it enough. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. best way to okay. put it. Like, right. like okay, one, yeah, that makes sense. One yeah. question that came out on the back channel was the idea of doing dates. Should a blog have dates for its blog? Because um, if you just have general content that's um, goes up there that a date may actually detract from people wanting to read the content, even though it's really good content to evergreen content yeah. that we talk about. And, and the yeah. stuff that's on churchmentalhealth.com probably needs to not have a date. I think that that's probably a good idea, but church mag, when we cover tech, when we talk about things that do expire, mental health doesn't expire. What was, what is, and what will be um, faith is the same way. Um, yeah, it, it reminds me. There was talk at one point of putting in a plugin to to, to uh, Church Mag that would take every list everywhere there was a date, and it would automatically change the date when the date changed. So if you had like the top apps of 2018, when it turns to 2019, the, t- the, the post would automatically change to the top apps of 2019, um, because people because of that very reason. And I'm like hard no on that idea because. To me, like that matters. Like that was the top in 2018 and 2019. That's not the case. So it, it it really has it really has to be dated. Now, when you're talking about content, like what you're saying, Jeremy, absolutely. If earlier we were talking about what a church blog and church content could be like, um, perhaps a date isn't needed. And if you do have annual posts, you should put the date in the title, and then. When, when someone looks at it, they'll know that that's for the previous year. And if you then update that post to be current, then you change the date while you're updating the post. And then it's very authentic. It's very real. It's been changed, et cetera. Because um, you're right. You know, there are cases. And um, in certain instances, like a church blog, not having the date is probably a great idea. Um, and if the date's important, be sure that you put it in there so that it's clear, you know, when, when it's relevant to. But, yeah, when you're talking about a tech blog... I mean, Google change, social media tactics, or what's important, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I will say that I think that um, 
for the person that doesn't just casually read, but enjoys very specific blogs without having an RSS reader. Um, I'm having to go to the blog sites directly or may, or go through their social media. And if it's undated, if it definitely, if it's not sorted by dates, um, I'm going to get lost and I'm probably going to miss a lot of content. So I think that that's, is, is there a reason why you don't do an RSS? Um, because the ones that I've done have fallen through and I'm kind of giving up on trying to find oh, the next yeah. RSS. Gotcha. 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 Mm. I, I, I've used church mag. I mean, church mag is one of the sites I've used as a resource, which is very interesting. Uh, sometimes the thing I do to find a solution uh, to something is first search there. Um, so, so the dates do come in handy uh, for me uh, because, yeah. because there's some history that I'm, sometimes the history kind of helps me think, Oh, okay. Now, for instance, I can't remember what it was, but I now understand why people kept recommending a particular tool. Uh, it's because at that particular time, this is what it did. But when I compare it to what happens, what it's doing now, um, then, you know, the same, the same doesn't apply. Um, and to, to dates or not to dates, um, I, I like dates. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, even with evergreen content that, um, I do pay attention to dates, but not so much, um, unless if it's something like, um, you know, YouTube changes from 2013, then that's a whole different story. Um, so I guess in some way we're in the same age. Yeah, and I'm not sure the, I'm not sure the 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 search, if there's any search ramifications for that as well. Like you can hide the date. But depending on how you're hiding the date, it still may be in the yeah. metadata, and Google mm. knows the date. Yeah. Um, so, but, but maybe, maybe, maybe the question of uh, you know, does seeing the date actually put you off um, reading a post? Uh, yeah. You don't want to. You don't. Maybe you're not desperate your, enough. You don't want to frustrate your audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also wouldn't want to see my uh, look read a post that's like um, say it's 2019, but it's really got 2016 references. You know. Mm, yeah, um, I feel like I've been totally duped and deceived when I when I find that out for sure, for sure. Most most of the, most of the stuff I'm googling, like the date is super important. Like the other day we had not super important. Well, yeah, the other day we had something going on with Minecraft, the family Minecraft thing, and we're like, what the heck? It's this isn't working. So I'm like Googling it and I'm look, looking at the, I'm like 2013. No, I don't need, <laughs> this is kind of a newer problem. Like as the internet ages and bloats with information, <laughs> like at some point, like old stuff, just, you don't want it rising up in the search results because it's not relevant. It's not relevant. <laughs> yeah. So I guess bottom line, when it comes to blogging, should your church have a blog in 2019? Well, I suppose it depends on what you're going to be writing about. I would just say so, yes, straight up. There's the answer. Get better at writing your craft, people. I don't think you could ever stop doing that. Yeah, and take your time to craft the posts. Yeah, Quality over quantity. Every time. Make them good. 
Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message. And be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 